the last thing we're discussing, the Mishnah said that if a person gave a messenger money to go buy land for his daughter, that according to Rabbi Meir, he has to do what he was told. And Rabbi Yossi said, it all depends. Technically, she could go sell it, therefore just give her the money and let her give it to her husband. We went back and forth trying to explain what the, exactly the Mishnah was talking about. Then we brought a story with Ilfa. He hung himself on a boat and he said, uh, if someone asked me a question, I'll be able to figure out from Mishnah. And they told him, if a father said, uh, give my, my children after I die only a shekel and inflation happened and the food is worth our selah. And okay, we only give them a shekel because it's like Rabbi Meir, mitzvah, to do whatever the maid says. And we ended off the halacha is, no, you give them whatever they need. The father just wanted to get them working. But if they need a little bit of help, okay, give them a little bit, a bit uh, extra for, for the food. And that's what he really meant. And with that, we're starting Ayna Mudalif, seven lines in at the end of the line where it says, Tenan Hatam. The Gemara is now going to learn another halacha from Amishnah. It says, Hapeotot. Young children, nine, eight years old, they have a little bit of doubt. Whatever they bought counts, whatever they sold counts, unmovable objects. This is Takarat Hachamim. We want the children to be able to have something to eat, so we let them buy and sell. But land is already too much. We're not going to let them sell any land, buy any land until he gets to two hairs or until 20. Look at Rashi. And Amara Fram Loshanu When do we say that their sale is a sale when it comes to movable objects? That's if, that's if there is no trustee. The father didn't set up a trustee over the assets. But if there is a trustee, then whatever they sold or bought, I don't care if it's movable objects or not, doesn't count. And the Gemara asks, Mimai, what's the proof that if there's a trustee, they can't do anything? And the Gemara explains, Midekatani, look at our Mishnah, it says, En ma'ase ketana klum, whatever ketana does is worthless. And therefore, you have to understand the same thing over here, whatever katan does is worthless. The Gemara says, yeah, but that's vidil me'echadi ikashalishani. That may be over there, because the father gave money to a third party to go uh, buy something, uh, or to go d- deal with it. And the same thing, if there's an apotropus. What makes you say that a katan, whatever he bought or sold with the movable property, if there's no potropus works? The Gemara explains the diuk. In Ken, if that's the case, litini, it should say in the Mishnah, with the katana, just do what you were told to do. My, what does it mean when the Mishnah says, in whatever she did is worthless? Shmamina, I feel bad. come to tell me, it doesn't make a difference. If there's an apotropus who's like a shalish, Whatever Ektana did is worthless, even if it's movable property. Hadran Allah Mitziat Now we are starting the seventh parak of Masechet Ketubot. And the Mishnah starts, lehenot lo, If a person uh, vowed that his wife cannot have any benefit from him, if it's only 30 days, then Ya'amid Paranas, then he could set up a trustee, he could give him money, and then she, he'll give her money. Yatermi can, anything over 30 days, you'll see ve'iten ketubah. He should divorce her and just give her a ketubah, that's way too long. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, it depends. Be Israel, if it's only Chodesh Ahad, if it's Israel, one month, okay, fine, Yekayem. Uh, you could do the Sutra Parnas. Ushnaim, if it's more than one, now it becomes two months, Yotzi Ve'iten Ketubah. You should divorce her and give her a ketubah. Bechohen, if it's a Kohen, Shnaim Yekayem. If it's two months, then, uh, okay, we could stay married. Shlosha, once it gets to three months, you'll see the Ketubah. That's way too long of an Isur. And the reason we're more patient with the Kohen is because if they get divorced, they can't get back together. 
Hamadir et ishto. Now over here it sounds like a person is vowing that his wife can't have benefit, but that's not the case. Um, over here it's Hamadir et ishto sheloti to omechad mikola perot. Uh, that she's not going to taste a certain fruit. Now, a person came to be oser on someone, something that doesn't belong to him. So if uh, my husband says, uh, she, uh, she's not allowed to eat my apples, okay, she can't eat his apples. A uh, person can say, I'm not going to eat her apples. Okay, that could work. But a person can't say that his wife is not going to eat apples. Uh, maybe she'll eat someone else's apples. What's the problem? So the, the, she explains it as, that she made the vow and he kept it. He was Mekayim, the vow. He didn't uh, protest the vow. So if that's the case, he, he, the entire vow stands because of him. Okay. If that's the case, then you'll see ve'iten ketubah. Divorce her, give her ketubah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, if it's Be'Yisrael, Yom Echad will give him a day. If it's only for one day, Yekayim. He's telling her you can't eat the apple today. Okay, just you can stay married. Now, if it's already two days, You'll see the ten ketubah. Divorce her, give her a get, and then give her ketubah money and let her out. Up kohen. If the isur is for shnayim for two days, yekayim they can still stay married. Shelosha. You'll see the ten ketubah. Divorce her, give her ketubah. Hamadiyat ishto shelotit kashet behad mikol haminim. If a person uh, vowed, meaning she vowed, he didn't protest. She'll, that she's not going to put some sort of jewelry on, or she's not going to put some sort of perfume on, or look good. Then you'll see ve'iten ketubah, divorce her, give her ketubah. Rabbi Yossi Omer depends. If it's ba'aniyot, we're talking about poor woman, then you don't have to divorce her unless she'lonatan kitzbah. He didn't set an exact uh, time. Uh, you can't wear jewelry for the next year, two years, three years. Okay, he didn't set up a time. Then okay, fine. Then it's uh, th- then it, they have to get divorced right away. Or if it's a rich woman, if it's just for 30 days, you could still stay married. After that, you have to get divorced. And the Gemara starts. Number one, how could he vow that she's not going to have any benefit from him? He's Meshobata. He signed the Ketubah already. He already obligated to, to have her benefit from him. So how could he come and all of a sudden say, no, you can't have benefit from me? It's like sort of going against an, a red, uh, an obligation you have already. Can't do that. Is it really up to him to just uh, knock out uh, an obligation he has? If it's the other way around, if the woman says, I'm not doing anything, you can't enjoy anything that I do, you don't even have to annul that vow because it doesn't even exist. Why? Because what we understand since she's obligated, whatever she makes goes to him. It's not up to her to just knock out her obligation to him. So same thing over here. Since he's uh, obligated to feed her, to, to have her benefit from him, it's not up to him to knock out that uh, that obligation. Rather, you have to explain. Since he has an option of saying, listen, whatever you work, you keep, feed yourself, I'm not feeding you anymore. Since he could technically say that, then it's not as if he actually said, 
Go work and you feed yourself. Meaning, when he made that vow that she can't have any benefit from him, it's as if he said, whatever you work, you keep. So this vow can take place and the Mishnah does make sense. So now the Gemara asks, But if we hold like what Ravuna said in the name of Rav, a woman can say, I don't want food from you and I'm not working for you. So if that's the case, if a woman said, I, I vow that you're not allowed to enjoy anything that I do, I'm not working for you anymore. Am I an Otsarikhafir? Why doesn't he have to annul the vow? Lema, we should say, since she could say, I don't want to eat and I'm not working for you. It's as if she said, I'm not uh, eating from you and I'm not working for you. Meaning, if that's your svara, if that's your logic by the man, since he could say, you could keep your whatever you make, then why don't we say the opposite way? Meaning, she could also say, whatever I make, I'm keeping, I'm not eating from you. And therefore, he would have to uh, annul that vow. We don't say, oh, that, that vow doesn't count. You can't say that the Perush in our Mishnah, that if a person vows that his wife can't have benefit from him, it's as if he said, go work on and make your, keep your own money. You have to say it's actually not as if it's actually the case is where he actually told her, keep whatever you made. Like Master says, if that's what we're talking about, where we actually told her to keep what you're making, then why does she need a messenger to feed her? Why does he have to give the guy and, and, and the guy give her? So the Gemara explains, oh, but they lost Sabka, she didn't make enough. So the Gemara says, if she didn't make enough, our question goes back to the beginning. How could he say it's Asur? He has to feed her, it's his job. So Amar she makes enough for the big things, the basics, the bread, the, the wine, the meat. But she doesn't have enough money for the small stuff that are not so important, the fruits, the beans, all these things you could do without. These small things, what are we talking about? If that's what she's used to eating, then that's what she's used to eating, you have to feed her. And you have to pay for it. If she's not used to these type of foods, then why does she need someone giving her that food? She doesn't have to pay for it. She doesn't have to start eating it now. And of course, why should I pay for it? So the Gemma explains. No, we need it. She was used to it before. She was used to all these nice foods by her parents' house. But by her husband, she didn't have that stuff. So she said, let's uh, roll with the punches. If the guy can't afford it, I'm not eating it. Now, now she's telling him, up until now, you didn't vow anything on me. We are living lovey-dovey together. Then I rolled with you and I ate whatever you, you served of you, whatever you brought to the house. And I was mohel on these small things. Now we're in a fight. Now you vowed I can't benefit. Now I'm not rolling with you. I'm not mohel on it. I want to eat the food I ate by my parents' house. So the Gemara asks, So why is 30 days the mark that he could have someone feed her and him pay back? Because Because for the first 30 days, no one's going to hear about this. 
It's not embarrassing. After 30 days, people are going to hear about this fight. People are going to hear about what's going on. Someone else is feeding her. It's embarrassing. And that's why the cutoff day is 30 days. Or you could say, He vowed not to give her food while she was still engaged. And at that point, he's not obligated to feed her. So like Master says, Does not Arusa even have mezonot? No, we're talking about Shigi Azman. The time for the wedding came where he has to pay. And they didn't get married yet. So he has to pay for the, the food. And therefore, the neder actually stands. If the time came for them to get married and then get married, the, the engaged woman, they eat from his bank account. That's the case, they're not married yet. So why is 30 days the mark? Because for 30 days, a shaliyah does his shalihut. After 30 days, we have to worry that the shaliyah didn't do his job, didn't uh, give her her mezonot. Or you could say, here's the third reason. He vowed while she is in Arusa, he's not obligated to anything. And then they got married. So he said, well, if she got married with knowing about this vow, she accepted this vow that he's not, she's not going to enjoy any mezonot from him. Now the explains the Amra Kizvurani Shani Khalala Kabel. I thought I could live with this guy without getting food. Now I realize I can't afford all this. But the Gemara doesn't like this logic because maybe we use this logic in regarding to wounds that the husband has. Let's say the guy is missing an arm. Let's say he has boils all over the place. Okay, maybe over there we could say, hey, I thought I could live with this, now I can't. But when it comes to food, do we say this logic that she would have thought originally now she can't? Rather, it makes sense like we explained from the beginning that we're talking about a situation where he told her, we actually told her, go work and feed yourself, or we're talking about where he vowed while she's still in Arusa and the time came and there was no wedding yet. Next, we learned in the Mishnah that if he vowed for 30 days, then he could have someone else give her money for food. And the Gemara asks, Why 30 days? You don't trust the shaliyah to do a shalihut after 30 days? So the Gemara explains, We're not talking about uh, you hiring someone or talking to someone to do it. Rather, we said a person got up in shul, for example, and said, uh, whoever takes care of my wife is not going to lose anything. So the Gemara says, okay, and if he says this, well, he doesn't do We have a Mishnah. If a person was already thrown into the into a hole, he's scared he's going to die, his wife's going to stay in Aguna. And a person said, whoever hears my voice, write a get to my wife. Over there, you write the get and you give the get. So you see over there, we're not worried that the shliach won't do it. And it's the same idea. Whoever feeds uh, is not going to lose the same idea. Like says, what are you comparing? Hatam over there by the man in the hole, Ka'amar Yichtov, he said, write it. Hachami Ka'amar Yazun, did he over here, did, any, did he say, uh, be, uh, go give her food? He said, Kolazan Ka'amar, he said, 
whoever you know, whoever does it, whoever gives the food is not going to lose. He didn't say whoever hears my voice, go do it. The Gemara says, okay. When, if there's a fire on Shabbat, it hiru lomar kolamachabe no mafsid. Hachamim allowed to say to Agoy or to whoever whoever puts out the fire is not going to lose, even though you're hinting that he's going to do navir on Shabbat. You know we allowed it, so the, and it sounds like bidleka on davka with a fire. The malatem. So what are we coming to exclude? Lav Aren't we coming to exclude? Other isurim that you can't say these type of things. I mean, you're only allowed to say uh, whoever does this on Shabbat, and not in regards to other isurim. And therefore, you're not person is not allowed to say whoever feeds my wife is not losing. says lo. It's not coming to take away the whole uh, vow situation. Rather, it's coming to exclude from other Yisrael on Shabbat. With a fire, we're worried that uh, someone is so worried about his money, so he's going to shut it off himself, so therefore we allow hinting. Other Yisrael on Shabbat, we're not so worried, so we're not going to allow hinting. So the Gemara asks, Mativ Rabba. Rabba has a question. We learned on the Mishnah. Hamudar Hana'a A person vow he's not going to enjoy anything from his friend. Ve'en lo mayuchal. And this uh, person, uh, the guy who vowed, has nothing to eat. Yelechet sel hanvani aragilet. So go to the grocery store that this uh, person uh, usually goes to. Ve'omarlan tell him. Ish peloni mudar hana'a mimei. This person vowed he's not going to benefit anything from me. He doesn't want my tzedakah. I don't know what to do with him. Again, the guy needs to eat. What do you do? So you, so you give the store owner food, or you give him the money for the food, and this person comes and takes from there. And the Gemara understands. In this type of case, it's mutar. But to say, whoever feeds this guy doesn't lose. You're not allowed to say that. Hakim didn't allow that. The Gemara says, no, he's allowed to. And let me buy a kama. The Gemara was talking in a not just, the Mishnah was talking in a not just format, meaning, let me buy a not just seed. Whoever feeds him doesn't lose. He's talking to everyone, not just that. mutar, aval hai, but to go to the, to the store owner and do that whole trick. You know that he usually comes there. Then he goes and he tells him, Maybe it's as if you're telling him, go feed him. And, that, and maybe that would be Asur. You are allowed to do all that. And the Gemara goes back to something we learned. Gufa. If a person vowed that his friend won't uh, eat from him and then this person has nothing to eat, then then the, the person who vowed goes to the grocery store that this person usually goes to and tells the grocery store man, that this person, he, I vowed that he can't enjoy anything from me and I don't know what to do. Who not handle the grocery store person gives him food? Ubavino tell me then he comes and he takes money from this person. And the same idea, Beto Libinot, if this person needs a house to be built, or he needs a fence to be put up, this or his field to be cut, he goes to the usual employees. And he tells them, "Ish peloni mudar hanami." Many this person, he's not allowed to have any benefit from me. Then he I don't know what to do with him. Hen osin imo 
they do the work, the employees do the work, they come to this person to get their money. If the person who vowed and the person who was vowed on were walking together on the way, and the person who it was vowed on that he can't benefit, he, he does nothing to eat. So the person who vowed gives it to someone else as a gift. And then the the person who it was vowed on, he comes and takes from that person and eats. Umutar, and you're allowed to do this. And those fourth goes all as far as saying you're even allowed to do this with any person, not just if he's not going to eat. And if there's nobody else, then the person takes the food, puts it on a rock, or put it on the fence. He makes it a fkir. This is ownerless. Whoever wants comes and takes it. This person takes it and eats. And you're allowed to do this because you're not giving it to him. You're giving it. You're making it ownerless, and this person is enjoying from ownerless property. Rabbi Yossi doesn't allow the whole hefkir situation. And Amarava Maitama Drabiosi, what's Rabiosi's reason? It's a Gezera Mishumase de Bet Horon. It's a Gezera because of what happened in Bet Horon. In Bet Horon, there was a father who vowed he's not going to have any benefit from his son, and the son was marrying off a son, and he wanted his uh, father to come to the grandson's wedding. So the son went to a friend and he said, Listen, I'm going to be my Fkirin area and my Hatser. All the food over there, everything's going to be of care. I want you to come and take it. You're going to be the owner. So this way my father could come and eat and enjoy, be part of the wedding. So the man took the thing, took the area and was makadishit. And he, said, and he told him, hey, I didn't give it to you as of care so you could uh, pull that stunt. And Hachamim said, any gift that if a person was makadishit, it's not considered hekadesh, that's not a real gift. So Rabbi Yossi was worried over here that uh, maybe if, if this person were took it from Hefker and he was Magdishit, would the person agree to it? If not, then uh, then uh, then it wouldn't count as a real Hefker either. Uh, and so uh, Rabbi Yossi goes there, but uh, Hachamim were not. And that's why Tanakama allowed it. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.